Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today I'm joined by my wife, Jackie. Jackie's a repeat guest to the Family Alpha Podcast. Babe, welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> All right. The fifth intro. For those listening, I threw out a Q&A for Jackie, but instead of doing this interrogation style, we're doing it conversation style. So with that, we're going to do a quick, you know, run through these questions. We're not going to go too deep. If you want something answered to a deeper level, feel free to shoot me a DM or throw it into the chat and we'll have a discussion. Maybe it becomes a podcast on its own. I don't know. What I do know is my wife and myself are in my shed. My two kids, my two dogs, my two cats, and my four turtles are inside my house. So we're going to have this conversation and we're going to get back in and get the family back together. So with that... Jackie, the first question is, how do you handle disagreements in your marriage? I think you have to stay very zen with yourself, and you need to not let things escalate. You just have to take them for what it is. Not every person is meant to be with the other person 24-7 or always, you know, in the same bubble. So sometimes that happens in our house since COVID hit, and, you know, we all just have to give each other a little bit of space. And I say all because the kids are with us. A lot. <laughs> so, you know, they don't really see us fight. You know, it's a peaceful household, but there are disagreements because I think they're, that's a normal part of humanity is to not have the same ideas all the time. And you just have to, you know, talk through them. You know, people see the, the photos and on social media, everybody shows, you know, great things. I'm one of the weirdos who shows like all things. I probably share way too much. But <laughs> success, failures, features or flaws, you know, I'm, I'm usually talking about it. And one of the things that I don't often talk about because it doesn't often happen is us arguing. You said it uh, in your answer. You know, it's normal to disagree. You know, people disagree all the time. Siblings disagree. uh, Bosses and employees disagree. And so do spouses. But you can't allow that disagreement to change the entirety of that individual. Now, unless we're talking some extreme case, you know, that's obviously not what I'm referring to. What I'm saying is the way somebody puts dishes away or the way somebody folds their laundry, those aren't things... To, to really get upset over. I mean, you can talk to each other. You can explain like, hey, I'd prefer you do it this way. But damn, like, if you're really going after each other for stuff like that, you know, you have a really good life. Like, if that's the level that you've got to go to to find an issue, you know, because it, with us, we try to keep the real issue, issues the real issues. Like, let the big things be big things, but let's not make the small things big things. And then when we do disagree, a lot of the times, you know, we'll do so in a manner that you wouldn't even know we had a disagreement. Because we'll talk... We'll walk away, we'll come back, we'll talk about whatever, we'll figure it out, we'll find out what the right way forward is, and we'll go forward. You know, there's no drywall to be replaced, there's no, I don't even know, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know I don't even know, like, Things whatever, whatever broken, people are doing where like, they flip, and like, or, we don't have a home like that, we, we have like, a home where the kids are happy, and we're happy, and honestly, we're together all the time. You know, I had to say no to my daughter to play another game of Connect Four to come in here to do this podcast, and I felt bad. Like, that's the level we're at is where I feel bad even getting an hour from the kids to go hang out because I truly do enjoy their company. So you handle disagreements, you know, with respect and with 
a focus on the family first. You know, if it's best for the family, it's the right decision. So that's how you feel disagreements. And again, if you want to go deeper into that, shoot me a DM. Or if it's a personal example, you know, obviously feel free to share. All right, Jackie. The commenter said, because of my one soul, many roles focus, which is cool. I've never heard that before. Hmm. How do you balance wearing the many roles you have? People on this podcast know what I do. I run FOE. I run the Family Alpha. I speak at events. I'm leading men. I'm coaching men. I'm writing books. I'm writing posts. Like I wear many hats, and that's all online. I'm your husband, you know, the kid's dad, all the things we have going on. We go to the range. We do all these things. So I've got my own hobbies. The many roles, I would say you've taken on more roles than anybody in this house. You know, Originally, you were a realtor while the kids were at school, and then you were home when the kids were home, and you, you took care of them from then till bedtime. Yes. Corona hit. <laughs> and I mean, if you, you can talk about it if you want, but realty, it wasn't feasible to that lifestyle because we ended up homeschooling full time. And it became crazy on top of it. <laughs> so how was your 2020 and what new roles have you added to the, the resume? Okay. So my, you know, my original role was realtor and mom. And when COVID hit, we were kind of uncertain what was going to happen, you know, in real estate and it ended up booming and just kind of going crazy. So I was working full time, probably more than full time some of the time. And then all of a sudden, you know, mid-March hits and the kids are home and then they're not going back and they're not going back and they never went back. And then, you know, later on we, we decided. I heard the other day. I forgot to tell you that. I listened to that podcast. We're like, oh, they'll be in school in two weeks. Yeah, we'll be oh. fine. <laughs> that but, didn't happen. you know, overall, the longer they were home with us, the more we wanted to keep them home. And we didn't know what school, it, you know, was going to entail this year. So we decided to homeschool them. So not only did we become, you know, almost substitute teachers following the school's protocol, but then we became homeschooled teachers. And or I became a homeschool teacher and tried to figure, you know, that all out. I originally was in education, but I was in early education. So now getting into third and fifth grade was a whole new ball game for, you know, even me to develop curriculum and, and plans for them. I had originally started Wicked Stick in Designs, which I only have on Facebook currently, but I do, you know, friends and family gifts and friends and family purchases of some water bottles and coffee mugs and personalized gift items that I do there and, and that's more of a hobby and then I was trying to really find myself this year as you know kind of when everything just kind of falls on top of you you know in a pandemic and I started doing beach body workouts because the gyms were closed and I felt like I, ne I needed to just have a little bit of time away and I would you know take some time here and there and after I committed to a hundred day workout challenge on my own I had found an awesome group of people I decided to become a coach myself so that I could lead groups. And after doing a few more programs, I did that in the end of October. And now we are doing a 100-day workout challenge and we're on day 68 tomorrow. So I'm so excited for my team. And we're going to continue to do even more of these where we, you know, we all have a Facebook group that's private and we all encourage each other and build each other up and check in. And it holds accountability. I mean, when was the last time any of you listeners work out every single day for 68 days straight. I mean, maybe some of you do and maybe some of you don't, but I know I did not before. And, you know, the program changed my whole outlook on everything. So I became a coach. And then my group that I have now, they're changing it even more for me because 
what 2020 gave us was the fact that we can all connect electronically and that's okay because that's what you know we live in now and I got more comfortable with that it was cool from my angle to see this play out because I'm so <laughs> used to doing this like so to me it's it's the natural step for any human being you know be, but that's the way my brain's wired and it's not necessarily the way your brain is wired. Yeah. So for you to do it, it's much more <laughs> difficult, but it's it's awesome because it like clicked. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to go do this. And I'm talking to this guy. I'm like, oh, I don't have a call tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but you do. So that's super weird. But like, it's it's kick ass because it's it's good. The world needs it, and you're yeah. giving it, and that's freaking awesome. And I like what I like that you're able to give the men that in FOE. And I started one called the Allergy Advisor, and. That's just starting to become its own entity and will it will continue to grow this year. But that's, a, you know, a Facebook and an Instagram where I just post about, you know, safe food items, how to deal with, you know, bullies against food allergies, you know, what different things at the holidays you can take into consideration. And I, w- I would like to branch that off more, but that's something I also dove into this year. So, oh, and I signed up for school. <laughs> <laughs> So like I said, I'm Student. I'm doing the same thing I was doing. Jackie decided to do a lot more. Everything. Cool. That's really cool. Also, the food allergy thing, you know, a lot of people don't know, but so Jackie's allergic to eggs, wheat, and dairy. Yeah, she's found a way to make a lot of meals and go to restaurants or go to people's parties or get togethers. And instead of being the person who like all you can have is a carrot and a lot of people who are newly diagnosed find themselves like they can't eat anything so they eat nothing and then they feel like they they can't go hang out they can't do all these things people are going to judge them and i i think for years it's like a grieving process it is for years now though i've been like jackie like you need to share this so the food allergy advisor i think is going to help a lot of people who are in that boat and you know a lot of the foods out there we're not meant to eat so it's cool to see the the healthy eating the new angle on it and how to help people who have been freshly diagnosed like oh what do you mean I can't eat wheat anymore or egg or dairy or whatever the hell ever? Mm-hmm. It's cool. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing them grow. Yeah, that's a little small right now. It'll grow, hopefully. All right. <laughs> what is the best marriage advice you've ever gathered? Gathered from someone else or something? Some, I guess something you've ever read or had told you. Hmm. I'm going to put that in there. I need like the Jeopardy sound music. All right, so, so I'm going to think gonna go, about I'm, it for I'm a second. I'm going to go first. <laughs> it is you have to give presents, not presents. You know, and that was said by a fantastic individual, me. <laughs> it's serious. The presence with a TS at the end, you can't buy your way to love. You can't buy your way to respect. You can't buy your way to being an individual that others care about in their life. You know, you're more than a walking paycheck. So my advice, you know, when I go into it is like, look, you have to be involved. You have to know your spouse. You've got to know your children. You have to be involved in the events of their life. It's not good enough to give your job your best and the family the rest. You know, that's great that you made some extra cash by working overtime, but you missed every single one of your child's games. Or you missed your wife, you know, who was unable to go do what she needed to do because she had to stay home with the kids so you could work. Just so you could buy another car. You know, it's about memories. It's about life. It's about connection. So that is my angle on that. It's like you need to be living your life. You need to be in that marriage or in those children's lives because when you go, they should feel that. You should put an impact and a presence in the world that echoes and people feel well after your heart stops beating. I think I'm going to go old school on this one. <laughs> and don't go to bed angry. I think it was always a really good one. And honestly, I think your stepmom wrote that on 
a thing on our card or something once for our wedding. And it's true because if, if we're ever like mad at each other for something and then we try to go to bed, we don't even sleep. So then you're mental. For six like, days. You're mental. <laughs> we can't, I'm not going to budge. We can't go to bed angry, so we're not going to sleep. We're just going to stay angry. <laughs> um, I mean, God, like then you're you're restless and your mind's restless and then it affects you the whole next day. So then you're grouchy or tired or emotional the next day. And I think that's where instead of people facing their problems head on or just discussing it, you know, they branch off into, you know, being angry overnight, being angry several days, but that's going to affect so much more in your life. And I think the older we get and the longer we're married, you understand that more and more. Uh, it's interesting. You know, we're sitting here doing this. We're sitting in my shed, talking to a mic, having this conversation, answering people's questions. We're about to dive into an interesting topic. And I wonder how many other wives would do that. Like... <laughs> They'd be like, no, I'm not going out to play your stupid game in the shed. <laughs> Talk to the microphone. You know, like, I don't think that's happening in too many marriages. This is why but it's one in every six months. <laughs> I think, yeah, my, my semi-frequent guest. But I'm serious. Like, a lot of people, they don't have any fun together. And, you know, you really, like, life is too short to take it too seriously. Like, have fun. Laugh with your spouse. Have a good time. Entertain their craziness. You know, share your craziness. People are so freaking prim and proper that they're not doing the things that they need to do, you like to have a good time. They're, like they're not allowing themselves to to get out or just sit and talk to a microphone. <laughs> you guys have no idea the faces she's making while I'm talking to this. Like it is very hard to stay focused. But that goes back to my point: not is true. like, look, have a good time. You know, just kind of do your thing and live a good life together. Like, stop trying to be serious or keep up with anybody else. Do it your way. You will win. Next question. Next. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage your kids' time on devices? Well, we have them check them in with us at night. They're not allowed to have them in their room. They can't sneak them. You know, they're not allowed to just sit on them at home. And I think there's a proper time for them. And there's also a proper amount that you should be able to have them have a little control. Maybe, you know, where they get to just go sit and maybe watch something or play a game. And I think it's a balancing act because if you always keep something away from them, they're going to want it more. But then if they become so, you know, so self-reliant on, you know, waiting at the dinner table at a restaurant to play on a tablet for an hour or however long they're at a restaurant and then they get on it as soon as they're done eating, what kind of adults are we raising if we have tablet toddlers, you know, through their whole lives? It just goes into teen years with a phone and then next thing you know, none of these people can you know, even meet or talk to other people when they're adults. So it's like we're raising the next generation. We have to have balance because I think our generation, we went from not really having internet to having the Oregon Trail to having (laughs) dial-up AOL. And then, I mean, now we're fully immersed, but we're still young enough to get it all. And our kids have just been submerged in it since day one. They always had phones in their faces for photos and everything else. So it's really a balancing act because if we don't get a hold of it as parents, our kids would be unruly as adults. That's incredibly important. But also as a family, you have to be doing something. You know, why should your kid look up from their device? What are you doing with them? If all you're doing is sitting on your phone, why should they not be sitting on their Game Boy or their their whatever? I don't even know if there are Game Boys anymore. Uh, the whatever. Switch. Whatever they're, whatever they're <laughs> on, you know. 
what, what, I'm, what I mean is you have to be doing something as a family that gives them a reason to not be lost in their world. And if you're lost in your world, well, you're setting a very poor example. And your kids are going to follow your example. They're not going to follow your advice. And they will call you out. Straight up, you know. <laughs> so at, at dinner table or going out to eat restaurants, we there are no electronics. That's not a thing. You know, when you see those families not talking to each other, absolutely not. You know, my but at the same time, we do live in a, a electronic world, in a world of internet and electrons. You know, I talk to my kids about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and I will in the same car ride talk to them about the importance of hunting and sustainability and making sure you get outdoors. So I want them to understand both sides of the world. And people may judge, but if you're listening to this, you're on technology. How would, I've helped thousands of men change their lives. The men inside the Fraternity of Excellence are changing their lives and helping thousands of others who see their example. We couldn't do this if we weren't harnessing the power of social media and weren't harnessing the power of the internet, you know, the interwebs and all those things. You know, being, having a Twitter account doesn't mean you're a pussy, you know? Having, having a Facebook doesn't mean you're weak. It's how you use it. Just like having a phone. I have access, you know, I, I'm on my phone too much. And that's one of the things I've got to work on. But it's, it's intentional to get out to the gun range or to go for a hike or do these things without the electronics. And I'm trying to balance that in my life. But I mean, damn. Some kids just nonstop. It's constant. Nonstop. It's like the parents don't even have kids, to be honest. There are these other little bodies they have to feed. But they don't see them or talk to them or engage with them or it's raise them. It's like a Tamagotchi. Them. Holy shit. <laughs> He's oh going to feed it and clean it and put it to bed. I'm going to use that. <laughs> don't have a human Tamagotchi. Oh, my God. Next question. I'm saving that. I'm not sharing any more in the podcast. What are your household chores for each child? And at what age did you start giving them chores? Um, so they, they got chores as old as they could acknowledge them, such as, you know, picking up blocks and toys and putting them in the bins. And I have kind of like an obsession with labeling things. So, you know, the blocks went in certain bins maybe or, you know, her Barbies went in another. But I think it was important just to engage them in cleaning up things. And then it went from there. So we go by what they can handle. And, you know, just I think it was like last year or the year before we started having them go around the dog, um, go around the yard and pick up the dog, poop and all that. And I don't want to say It's a dirty word. <laughs> the dog poop. I didn't want to say poop. <laughs> There we go. Now I'm not monetized. Now I can't put this out there because you said poop. <laughs> you said poop on a podcast. I'm just going to run with this. I'm going to let you collect yourself. <laughs> so as as the kids got older, as soon as they were born, I mean, I was like, yes, you know, manual labor. But <laughs> these guys, once they could understand why they were doing what they were doing, you know, we made it a point to have them involved. We are a family. We work together. You know, the, the house Sorry. works best when we're all crying. working together. This is ridiculous. We are always working together. This is now a comedy podcast. I don't even know what's going on. Okay. Here. So they do chores and they pick up after the dogs. They feed the animals and clean their rooms. They have to throw all their laundry to the basement, you know, for washing. And now they help empty the dishwasher, and they're trying to learn how to load it properly. There's an art to loading a dishwasher. <laughs> it's kind of like it, I think it's a dad thing, you know. Like I do, the dishwasher has a certain way to load. The thermostat has a certain number to sit on. Nobody touch either. But when the family works together and they know that they're working to help the family unit get to where they need to go, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. The kids don't argue. They don't talk back if we say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" Because they know we would help them. You know, there's a mutual respect there. All right, next question. How's homeschooling going? You sort of touched on this earlier, 
But so we can briefly hit it again. All right. So it's it's going well. I mean, I think we're starting to find our groove. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, we were being told what to do as if we were substitute teaching, and that was really frustrating because we kind of wanted to just take over then. And over the summer, we thought back and forth. You know, you know, maybe they're just going to go back to school normal. But then things didn't go back to normal. So. You know, we decided in August that we were going to homeschool them and took it up full time in September after Labor Day. And I think at first I kind of was like gung ho on it. And then as the holidays approached, it got a little hard to follow because, you know, we're not used to that. And I've been thinking over some things and reorganized everything during break this week. And we have a much smoother landing coming in for the rest of the year. Yeah, even though I read a thousand times when I announced that we were homeschooling, people said, don't try to to make it school. Yes. You know, you have to unschool. I think we still try to make it school. I think like, we all right, we got to have this and this. And yes. We still, even knowing not to do it, we still fell to that habit. It's so hard. Because we both went to traditional school. You know, you went to private school. I went to public school. Five years in high school. You know, but now our kids went from public to charter to virtual and in person, mm-hmm. then full virtual, then yeah, now homeschooled. So in the past year, we've seen everything. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> it's like the game. Yeah. So it's it's cool to be finally falling into our element, and it's not a new year, new me type thing. It's just a learning curve. I'm sure in six months from now, we will have adjusted it again. But that's what the cool part is, and that's how school should be: constantly evolving to what works best with the kids and what works best with the the educators, and making that match. And it doesn't need to be you know, seven to four, eight, you know, whatever normal school hours are. But our kids were burnt out. Like you could tell they went to a really, you know, probably rigorous school and they were tired. And now like, you know, after they did distance learning and then we ended up doing homeschool full time, we realized how much they, they're able to get so much more done and we're able to get so much more done with them. Then I think, I think, you know, a lot of wasted time happens in school. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, also, we went to the gun range the other day. I called that homeschooling. <laughs> we made bread. Actually, one of the coolest things, I have to give a shout out to... Uh, Jared. I, I was going to say his name. <laughs> I was going to say an FOE man. Oh. But it was Jared. I don't think he'll have an issue. You know, I, I, he's pretty open with it, so I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to I'm going to leave it. <laughs> oh my God. Operational security out the window. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's cool with it, because I do believe he goes by Jared on his social media, so that's... A-okay, but I'll touch base before publishing this with him. That said, he is pretty far away from New England, and we had it so that we set a Zoom up, and he was in our kitchen, and we had it hooked up to the TV to where he was using my microphone that we're speaking to now, the camera that I used for my YouTube, and it was in our kitchen so he could see the kids, they could see him hundreds of miles away, and he was able to teach them how to make bread, and the kids loved it. Uh, he did awesome. He's a great teacher, but a, a really cool learning moment. And, you know, you talk a lot about, all right, I'm going to bring them in the woods. I'm going to bring them to the gun range. You know, all these cool things that I can do. I can bring them to Boston. I can bring them to historical Rhode Island. We could see the places where history happened and not just read about it in the textbook. But here, what makes this so special is another father who had reached out and, and, and offered this, you know, to do this, was able to help my children. And if that doesn't show you the power of technology like we were just talking about, I don't know what does. You know, this man gave these kids a skill set and a moment. They'll always remember the first time they made bread. And and, and years from now, we're going to be like, oh, remember when we had the TV in the kitchen and we made bread with that guy? You know, 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like that's a lifetime memory. And that only happened because social media was used as a tool to bring us together and to unite us. So homeschooling is awesome. Our family's tighter because of it. And the things they're learning are life skills and life lessons and not things to just pass the time. So that's that's the homeschooling update. All right. All right. Two easy ones and then we're going right into our thing. So the first one, what is your favorite thing to cook? Hmm. Probably chicken parm. Chicken parm is delicious. It is. Gluten-free, egg-free, dairy-free chicken parm. I don't eat parm. meat anymore, but I make zucchini or eggplant parm. But I still make it alongside yours and i think it's because everyone compliments me so much on it that's why it's my favorite because i like to bring something that you guys like to the table what is your favorite thing of mine that i make <laughs> um what <laughs> how did you <laughs> okay sorry um you don't you don't cook that often but you do bake bread and i do like the gluten-free bread that you make me and dairy and egg-free which is not easy to do so I love the bread that you make. But I don't, you, I mean, you don't, grill, you don't grill veggies for me. <laughs> Stop eating the things I'm good at making. Yes, you do cook a lot of meat, but I'm right, partaking that. Last one. If you had one word to describe 2020, what would it be? Constructive. I think that we built a lot of things and we got through a lot of things and we had the ability and the time to do things maybe we wouldn't have done. Or wouldn't have thought of doing. I think I I made a lot of changes for the better. All around, it was a better year than we've ever had. I'm going with awesome. You know, and I I was thinking about a lot of other words, maybe words I should use or things I should say to push a really good message. But when people ask me how my year was, that's always how I respond. Like, 2020 was awesome. Like, we did Mm -hmm. so many things. They're like, oh, people lost their job. I'm fully aware of the struggle my country is going through. Do not think for a moment me saying awesome means I'm just dismissing, you know, the tragedies that have played out, the government overreach, the shutdowns at the state level and the destruction of small businesses and my fellow Americans. I get it fully. But But you're asking me how the year went and America is still fighting and people are still coming together. I still have my health. I'm still standing. And until the very last breath, life is going to be awesome because I'm going to make it so. And this year is no different. And I think 2020 didn't suck. I think it highlighted where we sucked. I think it highlighted where people were overlooking some of their issues. I think some of people had relationship issues and being stuck together during 2020 really highlighted that in your marriage. I think you didn't have a good connection with your children. So now you're really stressed out with your kids. I think in 2020, you saw that the government wasn't there to save you and you didn't have enough money. I think that 2020 also showed that your employer is willing to drop you at the drop of a dime. If it's going to save them and keep them alive in a tough economy, they're going to get rid of you. Maybe it's time you stopped keeping that loyalty to that employer and instead started looking at who's going to take care of you. And the only answer to that question is you. 2020 was awesome. If you had any struggles, look at that as an opportunity to have had your weaknesses highlighted so you can turn them to strengths. That is my answer for 2020. That's a good answer. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. We're 179 days sober. That means we're almost six months. No booze. That's crazy. Yeah, how's it been for you? It's been good. I mean, there's a few little things in the beginning where people are having gatherings and you kind of have to explain yourself in the beginning. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but you feel that you do. And then as time goes on, people just start respecting it because they see that you're serious. Because a lot of people talk a big game, but they don't follow through. And I think everyone at first thought... 
you know, the next party that we went to, we would show up and drink. Or the next one, or the next one. And then we stuck to it. And then my mom followed suit. And she's 101 days today, and I'm really excited for her. I don't know if we've ever given her a shout-out on any of these. So, good job, Cindy. Yes. Really been getting after it. Set a great example. Jack and I are super pumped. Got a little group going, chilling. Yeah, and we have friend, some friends that reached out. Some friends we hadn't heard from in a while reached out, and it's, it's just funny to see the ripple effect. It really is crazy how when someone starts talking about it or sharing their journey, you know, other people are like, oh, maybe, maybe I should start questioning what I'm doing, or maybe I don't have to be that guy, or I don't have to go, and they're doing it because they think you are, want them to do it, and you're doing it because you think they want you, and yeah. it, it takes the first person to step up. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, we can finally stop doing this. It's interesting, though. You know, one of the things I learned is we go to these parties or we'll do this thing and, you know, like not too deep into the night. I'm like, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Like, let's leave. And we go. And I'm like, there was a time, you know, I'm at my house, feet are up at 830 and I'm just relaxing with you. And in our past life, we'd have stayed and been past midnight and woken up feeling like crap the next day. Like, I didn't have a hangover on the 1st of July or January. In so long. Yeah. Or Christmas morning. Or Christmas. You know, Christmas Eve was always, like, I would always, for whatever reason, somebody would come hang out or we'd party and Christmas Day, I was smiling, opening presents and also, like, nursing a hangover. And it was just so good to not have that. I've not had a single negative in my life to any of this. You know, and I'll never go back. And I know a thousand times I'll be told, you're not supposed to say that, but I am positive Booze has no place in my life. I try to not be the the evangelical, you know, sure, anti-booze yeah. <laughs> preacher, but that's how I feel. 100% that's how I feel. I hate booze. I don't like it. I don't think it plays a positive to anybody for any reason ever. And people can argue and maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't matter because it's what I believe. So God bless the USA. I have the freedom to do what I want and I'm absolutely going to exercise that right. And, you know, for me, and I would say objectively for a large majority Booze does not play any positive in their life whatsoever. So if you're questioning your relationship, Google 365 to sobriety or go to my page, check out my Gumroad. I have a free Telegram group. So I'm dropping a video pretty much daily with these guys and they're sharing their stories. We're pretty much sticking together and just kind of keeping each other motivated. Now we had a few join-ins for the new year. So they're looking to make 2021 their year. And I'm not going to lie. You know, there are two milestones that are really going to cut through the, to my core. I'm a pretty stoic dude, but the day that I hit 365 days sober is going to be great. I never, ever, ever would have considered myself a person that could ever say that. You know, I can say I'm not going to win a gold medal. You know, and you're like, oh yeah, that's probably true. But I like, was maybe, maybe I could if I trained for something. But with booze, there's, I thought the chance was zero. I thought I had a better chance at winning a gold medal in the Olympics than giving up alcohol for good. And I think I've done it. And that's really cool. And the second one will be on crit, or New Year's Eve of 2022, when I'm a full calendar year sober. That'll be the first time since I was like 10. That's crazy. crazy. To just like be an early teen snipping dr- or sneaking drinks. Drinks. Or, yeah, things. like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to blend all those words yeah. together. You know, it's. That's how long it's been since I was early teenager, even before then, you know, just sneaking to my parties, seeing what it was all about. This will be the first year where I don't have a single sip of alcohol. That is crazy to me. It is crazy. Like, that blows my mind. But it's been awesome to see you get it, too. Do you have any pushback from, like, moms, or do you ever get mad 
when you're on Amazon or wherever and it's mommy's juice or mommy needs a timeout or, yeah. oh, why um, no moms? I feel like there's a huge message. I think the commercialized part of it doesn't really bother me because they're just trying to play on what a lot of people have fell into. And, I mean, it does sell. I used to make wine glasses like that all the time. It sells. But, you know, all in all, it doesn't really bother me. The pushback that bothers me more is when people think, like, the whole, you know, oh, you're not fun. Oh, just have one. Like, they don't understand it. But you don't need to explain yourself to anybody. All You know, you're bettering yourself. No one cares that you, you know, if you give up cigarettes, everyone praises you because people know they're bad for you. But there's so much money to be made in the alcohol business that we're never going to be told, you know, publicly that it's bad for you. And we won't ever probably get true praise or understanding of why you give up alcohol. But, yeah, like, adults get bullied. I'm not saying I'm bullied, I'm saying, but, like, adults get pushback like kids do. And people don't realize that, like, there's, uh, (laughs) I know it sounds so stupid. It sounds like I said I'm bullied, but no. It's just, like... You get pushback, but it's it's what you do with it that makes the difference. So, yeah, I've had friends, coworkers, um, you know, f- fellow sports moms, let's go out for a drink, let's have a drink, why aren't you drinking, you know, oh, I bought you this wine or whatever. And, you know, the thanks but no thanks, it, you have to become comfortable with it. And I didn't have any slip-ups at all either. I'm six months totally sober, or almost six months totally sober. We're very close. And... No, I haven't slipped up on that. I haven't slipped up on giving up meat or my workouts. And it's it's the first year that I didn't make excuses for something. And it's the first year that I committed to things and didn't give in and give up. So it's I good think, to reflect on I that. Think, yeah, but I think that's what keeps me going. Like, I, I, I just finally figured out how to commit to myself, and you know, instead of everything else. It's cool to think about the way, like, men and women are different. You know, at the FOE events or, you know, if I'm giving a speech or doing 21 Con or something, they'll all drink around me or at least the drinkers will drink around me. And there's there's sort of two ways of looking at it. You know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, because you can't drink, I shouldn't. But we don't think like that. You know, and I think a lot of them are like, look, if you're sober, you have control over this and I have the respect of you as a man to like, if you don't want to drink, don't drink. But that doesn't, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Yeah. You're your own man. And we take a lot of pride in that, and it's cool to see I can have as much fun with them without drinking as I could with drinking. And coming from, you know, like I said, the Navy background, the military background, a lot of the parties were revolved around booze. And not that that's a slight. I mean, we had great times. But I thought I was going to lose that brotherly connection and that camaraderie when I was hanging out with the FOE dudes, but I wasn't drinking with them. You know, so there was that – there was a little bit of fear you know, like, well, will I be different? Will we will we connect as much? Will it be as good laughs? You know, are we going to have as good of a time? And the answer was yes. Like, if anything, it was better because I remember all of it. And I wasn't repeating myself. And they were able to see me at my best. And I'm able to see them and deliver, you know, well into the night, fresh ideas, fresh energy, you know, keeping it going. And it's interesting that we tell ourselves the opposite, though. I'm funnier when I drink. I'm nicer when We're gonna I drink. We're going to be boring or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And and the opposite is true. It's crazy. And then I think we also just, you know, I, I mean, you're kind of forced to minimize your bubble of people that you interact with due to the pandemic that we went through this year and all the rules and all that. But 
not only did that help, but being sober helps you kind of assess your life too and, and who's bringing positivity to your life and who isn't. And the people who aren't, you know, you simply need to either address it, tell them you're not drinking. They can invite you. They cannot invite you. I believe we missed out on a few invites this past year because we weren't drinking in the beginning and people felt weird around us. And at first it bothered me a little bit, but now I, I know that it's best for me, my family, us, everyone. And it, you're only helping yourself and your health and you don't need to explain yourself for that. You know, you don't, I don't really get to sit and talk to people. Like, no one wants to sit and talk about sobriety, except other addicts. Yeah. <laughs> like, except other people who are sober, they're like, yeah, let's talk sobriety. So it's not like this is a normal conversation to be had. But I wish I could because I am a better father, son, husband, brother, uncle, like, whatever you want, to, whatever role I play, you know, especially to the men inside the fraternity of excellence, a better leader, you know, to all those around me. I'm better because I'm thinking more clearly. I'm healthier, more focused. I'm more energized. There's not a single negative to it. And I just can't stress that enough. And this isn't a sober podcast. And I don't want it to be a sober episode. But it's been a big part of our life. A huge part of 2020. Yeah. Like people found more reasons to drink. And it's like the one time I had every reason. I was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of this game. But I think we knew, like, there wasn't an end in sight for this yet. And we were either going to go into full-on party mode or we need to go in full-on, like, fix-us mode. And, like, we just fixed ourselves. We try not to be hypocrites. You know, every anybody who speaks to a microphone, I hope, tries to show the, the authentic self. And I'm telling you all, 2020 highlighted weaknesses and you have to turn them to strengths. But I only say that because that's what I did. 2020 highlighted a weakness of mine, which was booze. And I faced it and I beat it. And that's why I say the things I say, you know, not just here, but on parenting, in marriage, you know, masculinity, all the things I say, it's like trials I've faced. So I'm just looking at like the skulls of the demons I've killed inside myself on the wall. And I'm like, all right, we should talk about this. We should talk about this because I know I'm not alone in this, you know, and Jackie is neither. There's many men and women out there who are questioning and wondering how they could stop or when they could stop or what would happen to their identity if they were stripped from it. You know, we shared that her mother, Cindy, got after it. And it's it's not an age thing. It's not a status thing. It's a motivation thing. It's a part of your soul. If that voice is speaking, you have to listen. And that was a big part of our 2020. And honestly, we talked about homeschooling. We talked about our year. You know, so we also gave an update. <laughs> I guess the final thing to wrap this one up is what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2021? I'm looking forward to growing my own brands in my own way. So the Allergy Advisor Facebook and Instagram page where I focus on food allergies and ways to deal with them is going to grow in you know some top secret way that <laughs> we have plans for. But that will be coming in 2021. So if you want to follow on Instagram or Facebook, it's the Food Allergy Advisor. And... If, you know, if you know someone whose children have food allergies, you have them yourself or you have questions about them or you're thinking you might have them, you can uh, follow me on there, hit me up on there, and I can try to help answer your questions. I am still going to continue different programs through Beachbody where we have small groups where we focus on encouragement and leading each other. We have some people in there now I could see as coaches. I could see them really building others up. I have Zach as another beach body coach, so he has some of the guys in FOE joining us, and it's cool because it's a really small community. 
you know, it's not threatening. It's just, it's really team building and it helps get you through it and it really helps you stick to it too. It's like, if you skip your workout, you might disappoint yourself, but in these small groups, you're disappointing your friends too. So we all want to be there together. We want to, you know, lead each other as a team and, and go forward. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I don't know. I mean, I really am looking forward to a successful full year of homeschooling and, you know, working together on teaching them new things and skills and learning new skills ourselves. I think that's a solid year. 2021, I'm staying sober and raising oh, the standard <laughs> of everything else. You know, that is a, a goal of mine is everything. The podcast, you know, it's it's back to life and the consistency you're going to see here is going to grow. The Instagram, I'm looking to grow that. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, a lot of projects coming down the line and I'm cleaning up the blog. You know, 2021 is going to see this thing go to an even higher gear. And I say that every year, but it happens. Well, I'm like, well, damn, if I could go this far, how much further could I go? <laughs> how could I raise that? How can I make that better? So it's there is no top, you know, and if there is, I'm going to find it. And I'm looking forward to that. But honestly, if 2020 was any indication, I mean, we're just going to the moon. We're going to keep riding this rocket. Especially what we could do amongst a pandemic and everything that life threw at everyone this year. Yeah, if the world wants to chill out and, you know, stop freaking out, we could have an even better year. <laughs> Rise from the ashes. <laughs> make, it, make it more simple. All right, Jackie. Solid right. podcast as always. Thank you for coming into the shed. Thanks for having me in the shed. You're welcome. <laughs> to everybody tuning in. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's-only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore. 